Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You are listening to Inside F1 with Joe Sayward on Missed Apex Podcast. We live F1. Welcome to Inside F1 with Joe Sayward on Missed Apex Podcast, an independent Formula One podcast that aims to bring you a race review before your Monday morning commute, and a wide array of F1 subject matter experts that cover every aspect of F1, from racing to politics, tech, news and business. This show is safe for work. We're keeping it clean here, so you can play this with the kids in the background or at work. I'm your host, Richard Spanners Ready, and I'm joining you with the full permission of my beautiful wife, who is nice and compassionate and not mean and horrible, as previously incorrectly stated. And I'm joined by a man so classy that if he was a grid girl, he'd be one of those that look like they're about to go to a lovely dinner party and not one of the ones that look like they're probably really cold. It's Joe Sayward. How's it going, Joe? I'm feeling really cold. Happy New Year, though. This is the first time you've been on this year. It is, my goodness. And a whole month has passed. More than that, in fact, since New Year. Goodness, it's very exciting, isn't it? Is this the time of the year where you start getting excited for the new season? No, it's not really, because it's still all blah, blah. It's hot air. Everybody, until we see the cars running, and even then, you don't know, because they always pretend, some of them, that they're faster than they are. So, yes, I'm sort of, I'm I'm not really missing the, the noise yet. I'm just enjoying the time off, which is a rare thing for me. So are you able to actually switch off, Joe? Because I had two weeks over Christmas where I forced myself. I deleted all the apps from my phone, all my WhatsApp groups. I left them and then I said to the wife, no, I'm just switching off from motorsport completely. But I just didn't want to. Um, Not. I mean, there's nothing happening in, in, in New Year. It's ridiculous. So unless someone dies, there's nothing to actually write about. So there's no point in writing. Um, and I've taken this habit of over the winter, because I know this is going to be the case, is to have these fascinating facts. And people seem to like them. So um, it keeps me busy. I try to be a week ahead at all times, um, have enough written so I can have a few days off if I want to. So you blog them every 
every day. Every, every day. Which I know because you're on my Twitter alert, Joe. So I see my interesting fact in the morning. And you mentioned that that might all get bundled up into a book at some point. Yeah, it may do. Well, it should do. But it's just a matter of getting it all organized and, and making money off it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I did I did 100 last year and I got 100. Well, I got 76, I think, as of today. Well, that's definitely I, enough. For... I don't. I don't know what we're at actually officially on on it on the online. I think we're probably at about sort of seventy one, but um, I've done seventy five or six. So, I think that to be fair, and I don't need want to be rude about your interesting facts, but that is a bathroom book through and through, isn't it? Uh, no, I think I look at it as a gift book, which you give to your best friends who love Formula One, and when they go to the loo, they can read it if that's what they want to do. Or they can just read it to their wives, their loved ones, at moments of passion and just sort of say, oh, boy, do you know about this one? Wow. <laughs> I'm not sure that's exactly uh, when it'll come up. So so for you, really, obviously, you're, it's your work, so you can't switch off over the season. But how much do you keep in touch with, I don't know, your F1 mates and stuff or other journalists? Or is it tend to be a case of school's out, see you in March? Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Uh, I can't remember the last time I spoke to a journalist from Formula One. I might have had a couple of exchanges of emails, but no, no, no. It's, uh, actually, I tell a lie. Today there were several because there's some people worrying about passes and things. So <clears throat> um, we are getting into that time of year when we have to start looking at visas again, my joyous time. So speaking of then, this is your attendance coming up. I mean, what do you attend and what don't you attend? Because we've got the super exciting car launches week that apart from Williams sort of goes from about the 20th to the 27th, I think. How involved do you get get with that? Are you there on the front row, uh, eagerly waiting for Zach Brown to spell out his future of McLaren, his vision? No, um, I may go to I might go to Williams. I'm not sure, uh, but I'll only go there if it fits in with something else. It's money. It's it's basically burn money. There's no money in car launches. I'm not going to make any money if I go to a car launch. So um, you basically have to balance things up. Uh, everybody goes to car launches they all write about it they tell you what it is you see pictures you get all the press releases you don't need to be there because in the old days you used to go and have a chat with people around behind you know the bike sheds and Mm. find out what's really going on but it doesn't happen anymore because everything's controlled by these pr people who won't let you say anything or have any conversation so you just don't bother i mean if i have a conversation with people in formula one these days it's generally by text or email and that way the prs can't catch you um and and you know you can find out what's really going on but to go to a launch you might as well just you know sit at home and burn money and i guess a lot of them are streamed online now um what do the teams get out of it well they're looking for publicity but they don't understand how to get it you know they they think that if you get sky television you've got a huge audience they're all obsessed with television but the truth is that nobody watches sky and not in not in a big number um, and they've forgotten that, that people still read things and look at things, newspapers, magazines, online. They, just, everyone's besotted by television. Um, and that's true in some countries. So in Brazil, yes, you have got a huge following. But frankly, you know, how many of these teams even think about Brazil? Only if there's a Brazilian driver, brackets in there aren't any right now. Uh, Brazilian sponsors, do me a favor, ain't going to happen at the moment. So, you know. Uh, there's this mad sort of fiction that that television is important. And yeah, I mean, you know, um, 
there's always a girl with a big smile somewhere from the television gang standing in front of the drivers going, talk uh, to me. For, for the audio listeners, Joe is gurning enthusiastically. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're going to ban grid girls, I've got a great idea, which is ban TV, common, uh, TV, um, TV interviewers as well. So you're a bit of a Sorry, neg- ban the vacuous female TV interviewer, which is just as sexist as, as the grid girl. It's actually true. If I wanted to be a TV pit lane reporter, my breasts are not good enough. That's the truth of it. You're doing yourself down there, Joe. I, I, that's very true. I am. But um, there, is a, there is a bottom line truth in this. You know, it's just as sexist. And men don't get that job. Why? Because racing drivers walk past the man, even Ted Kravitz, they walk past him and they go, I'm not going to talk to him. But if, if there's some sort of blue-eyed blonde looking at them going, oh, I, but I need to ask a question, Mr. Lovely Racing Driver type, they'll always stop. They'll be very nice. And they'll answer the question. So that's let's ban the lot of them, I say. I mean, there's going to be some women going to scratch my eyes out when I see them. But <laughs> the fact is that, you know, let's get some reality into this. It's a game. It's all about getting people to do things. Grid girls are about getting people to watch grids. If you look at a photograph of a grid, you can barely see the damn grid girls. Kids are even smaller. You won't notice them under the toolboxes. You know, it's just. Uh, well, you won't notice the kids. You'll notice the parents running after them going, come back. No, go there. You You're think, meant to be there. Who's going to put parents on the thing? There are. I have a friend whose name is Alice. Okay. Real name. I, Alice? Is that real, a pseudonym? Real, real name. And okay. real, Alice is Alice's job. And this is not meant in any way rude because she's lovely. Alice's job was to be the sheepdog of the of the grid girls. And she would shepherd them around, yapping at their heels to make sure they were all in the right place, in the right pen at the right time, you know. So with kids, and parents are not, forget it. I don't think who's got this idea of having parents there too. Uh, there's not enough passes for parents, unless they paid a fortune for paddock passes. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, just the whole thing's bonkers, really, whatever. Uh, I, I don't care what they do. Put up a flag, put balloons in the places of where the drivers are supposed to park. You've got to tell them because most of them will get lost on the grid otherwise. Seriously. Now, let's, uh, let's just say, because the chat room has said, Lee McKenzie is very good, though. I'm sure Mr. Saywood is not suggesting that these ladies who make it to that position are not also very talented journalists. I think he's just making one a of- point that that is one, a string to their bow. Oh, we've actually lost Joe. Hello, Joe. Oh, we've lost him. Uh, chat room, are you still with me? Uh, okay, well, we'll call him back. It looks like we lost Joe. Uh, now, what we have to remember is that in France, they are experiencing very hazardous weather conditions. The person whom you're trying to reach is oh. currently unavailable. Well, that's Please a leave disaster. a message. The person we are trying to reach is currently unavailable. So it looks like his computer's frozen or something like that. He hasn't been censored. <laughs> we haven't just censored him. This isn't our way of doing side pods. Um... <laughs> This isn't our version of SidePod, but we're ending it live on air. No, Joe, how dare you? How dare you suggest that? Uh, there, was a lo- there was a lot of speculation, Joe, that I was doing a side podcast, but just like live. Like, nope, I've had enough. Boom, no, done. No, that, that, is my, um, that is my service, which is very weak uh, because there are too many people at home because it's snowing in Paris. Ah. Therefore, the internet has collapsed. Well, but before that, 
there was no problem with the internet. So I think if it happens again, we'll just call you back. Right now, you sound good. So obviously, you cut off just after I said that you were probably just suggesting that being a good-looking reporter is just an additional string to the bow and not the only reason that they're there. Not along with me, Joe. You haven't frozen again, Joe. That's not Joe no, freezing. No, I haven't frozen again. I just don't necessarily agree with your point. That was all. No, but, well, feel free. I I just disagreed with it. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. I think I yeah. think that if it came down to uh, talent alone, I think the makeup of the TV commentators would be very different. It's hardly the first industry to exploit that because. Men are pretty brainless when it comes to that sort of thing. And we will we'll get our head turned, rightly or wrongly, by a pretty face, somewhat instinctively. Make it, maybe it's wrong, maybe it's not wrong. But what is the audience of Grand Prix racing? Uh, well, it is very high proportion of men, as it stands. Grumpy old men, okay? So grumpy old men want some smiley face to cheer them up. <clears throat> and so TV companies react to that. It is supply and demand. But isn't uh, it? It doesn't. It doesn't involve people who say that you know uh, we'll boycott this and blah blah blah, blah 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 all that rubbish. But isn't it less okay. about how uh, we feel about the grid girls, about who is going there, uh, about what they're there for? Isn't the point almost more about how women are made to feel attending the races to be greeted with these uh, models who are, who are there? Let's not lie; they are there purely for eye candy to be kind of told, kind of, this is not really for you. So if we keep doing that, did we not run the risk of it always being just for men? Um, well, I don't think it makes, to be honest, it really doesn't make a difference. If you, put, if you put pretty boys there, a percentage of men will enjoy it. Women will enjoy it. That's just as sexist. You know, if you put kids there, okay, fine, you put kids there. You put donkeys there, there's some people in the audience who will like it, you know. So... Um, pandas whatever the fact is it doesn't matter motor racing is going to happen whatever happens whoever holds the board you know in fact the best thing is probably not to have any boards at all you know having to waste waste all this energy on something which is fundamentally a waste of time uh because the mechanics take the cars over put them on trolleys and slide them up the grid and they can find the grid positions because you know they're smart so you know there's a Bradley in the chat room saying, but we want a fresh young audience, Matthew Graff. Maybe Liberty should seek to expand the audience beyond grumpy old men, because surely that can only go on for a, a limited amount of time. Absolutely. Uh, chat room's just saying, yeah, surely the question is, what do we want the audience to be? And perhaps we should but, 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 but hang on, hang on. To go back to the, uh, I say this about grumpy old men, but grumpy old men will say, I'll never watch this again, but they always do. <laughs> and, and, I know this because I get endless amounts of it on my blog. People say, I'll never do this again. And then they're back again next week. So, you know, the fact is <clears throat> it's all irrelevant. It's because we actually watch motor racing because of cars. And we go, oh, that's a nice rear end when the car goes by or whatever. Well, we do. And the fact is that it's got nothing to do with whether or not you've got someone in a jumpsuit, in a toga, in a nun's outfit. Who cares? It's irrelevant. The fact that Liberty wanted to make a big deal out of it, which I think is daft because you, you just it's like walking into a, in a room and saying, hit me on the head, please. You know, they should have announced the, the, the grid kids first. <clears throat> and they're not even bothered to mention the fact that the grid kids are going to replace the girls. You know, 
it's fairly obvious, isn't it, if you think about it? But if you have a if you have an announcement, you're going to have little children running around the grid. Of course, already there's people worrying about paedophilia and the people being run over and all the rest of these things that people are wasting energy on. It's all a bunch of tosh. It doesn't matter. I'm not sure I'm convinced about grid kids because when the Formula One's on, that's the one time my family leaves me alone. The last thing I want to see is a bunch of kids failing to do what they're supposed to do in the same manner my no, kids do. No, but there you are, you see. You are, you are killing the future audience. You should, you should be inviting all your family grandparents, children, unborn children, whatever you are, everything should be in there looking at this TV screen for the future. I have to say, I don't have any sympathy at all for anybody who's claiming that they're not going to watch because they've been denied their bit of pre-race totty on the grid. Um, it's But you can't even see them. They're just surrounded by blokes, hairy, hairy-ass mechanics with tools. And, you know, if not, there's a cameraman who hits you around the head if not, there's some VIP tottering around getting in the way. The fact is that grid cars are completely irrelevant. They are completely, it's part of the tradition of Formula One. Yes, it is. But does it matter? No, it doesn't. Well, if you ask the internet, Joe, it mattered a great what, deal. It was a what huge is, stomach. What is, no, because there's nothing happening. It, it was trending yeah. worldwide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But people, it, people it, certainly it were. It was trending worldwide because it's either that or, you know, disappear off and watch internet porn or something. I don't know what it is, but, you know, the fact is they've got nothing better to do with themselves. So there's something to chat about in January, okay? It's a waste of energy. Now, yeah. is it going to stop? Is it going to stop sponsors having sponsored girls wandering around the public areas? No, it's not. Is it going to, is it going to save the world? Is it going to make women equal to men in every single respect is it going to be 50 50 racing teams no it's not is it going to change anything about attitudes maybe not so fundamentally it's just a bunch of hot air which is probably causing all this snow over here not sure that's how weather works joe but i can't confirm or deny that either way but we had a well, kind of hang on excuse me hot air cools as it goes somewhere else and when it cools it causes snow there you go so i'm buried under snow as a result of all this hot air it's the water cycle kids but yeah it's been an interesting phenomenon in itself though to watch unfold because what you've got is a lot of uh, journalists who are liberal and very have nothing else to do no, but they're yeah. very engaged in the pursuit of feminism and equality as we all should be okay well get on to the case with the with with the uh, the what do you call those things the, the cheerleaders in america liberty owns a baseball team with cheerleaders get on to them about that well I they've, what, st- yeah. they've still got them they've still got their cheerleaders oh i hadn't thought of that I and have... let's face it have you, have you looked at the average grid girl compared to the average cheerleader let me tell you there's a lot more flesh, admittedly. There's a lot more flesh in America available, just on a, a statistical basis, clearly. But um, leave Formula One alone and go worry about NFL and go on about NBA and NBC and CFD and blah, blah, whatever. So you think you make an interesting point there because obviously there are sports that do it to a greater extent. And believe me, me and the boys at Miss Apex in the WhatsApp group, we did extensive research. We painstakingly came to the conclusion that the outfits from 2010 compared to 2016, they've certainly got a lot uh, more conservative over time. So they were going that way anyway. If you want, you know, if you want to do some serious research, go back to about 73. And, you know, then you're looking at some serious gynecological operations going on here. You know, it was not messing about. 
So it, it is, it, it is, it, it's so different. That was after a sexual revolution in the 60s. Everybody's doing their thing. Woodstock, they're all taking all their clothes off and prancing around. It's just pushing the limits, okay? Formula One is dull. They're little old ladies. They're aunties wandering around the grid, if that's what you want to look at them as. You know, some of them literally, I mean, Santander specialized in the red sack as opposed to a sexy dress. You know, they, they had red sacks on the grid at lots of races, which is great. You know, that they achieved their goal. They had the dirty old men looking in the sacks and, and, and uh, nobody complained about it much. But uh, the whole thing's just out of control. It's bonkers. Daddy, what's a gynecologist? Sorry, dads. Uh, I'll, I'll leave that in. Leave you to explain. Hey, just trust It's one kids. of those people in the Summer Olympics who jumps up and down and has those rings from the ceiling, you know. Good save, Joe. Good save. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's worth a try. It's what the beginning that? of the season. So now is the first time I've been speaking to you where it is fully, fully, and it always was worth it before, but now it fully, fully must be worth thinking about GP Plus magazine. It's always worth thinking about GP Plus magazine. Fantastic magazine. I'm entirely biased when I say that. Yeah. But you just do it on a buy it for a year. That's your lot. You're quite uncompromising on that. That's your model. Yeah. Oh, no, absolutely. If people want to buy it, they buy it. Uh, it it's, we haven't got the, the time or the energy to, to do individual issues. It's cheapest chips. It's brilliant. It's got loads of good stuff in it. And it, it's available. And it's quick. And uh, actually, the biggest complaint we have is that we, we give them the result before people have seen it on telly. And seriously, that is the truth of it. That is our biggest complaint. And sorry, we're just trying to keep up with electronic media. The fact that we're beating them is not our fault. Do you reckon you're out most days before our race review podcasts? Because we have no idea. We're, normally we're, out, we're out before the team press releases quite often. And I'm not joking. I'm not joking. If you could get it out just a bit quicker, you're basically writing our show notes for us for our race review. So That's very true, yes. <laughs> and then you're still doing the newsletter this year? Yeah, I'm doing everything as before. I'm doing my events. I'm doing all the same usual stuff. Um, and then always looking for more ways to make a few quid. So um, my fascinating facts, I think, will probably become a book. And uh, I think that people people don't, know the richness of the history of the sport they don't know all the, i mean i don't know if you read them or not but you know the the, the series shows you what the, the what formula one's all about the people who've been in it the things that happened where you've been what's happened it, it it's really interesting and i think that people who understand a little bit more about the fabric of the sport as opposed to the fabric of the dresses um will actually get to to enjoy the sport a hell of a lot more and that's one of the things that f1 really has going for it this rich tapestry not only of the sport but the rich tapestry of a huge fan base and lots of narratives coming through lots and lots of people like you so there's lots of source material for it so when you say oh just go and watch this series or that series even the people who would prefer the cars to be close together go and watch a spec series they can't as as easily because it's not just about the racing on track action it's about the whole thing surrounding formula one so i think that's what you're bringing us well no i think i think what you have to bear in mind is and i'm sorry i'm sorry in advance to people who like sports cars and formula e and indy cars they're all lovely and wonderful but there is only one championship in the world that gets you market penetration everywhere 
and most importantly in Wangchu High Street in China, where incidentally, I mean, I'll, I'll do you a little quiz. Do you know where the most cars in the world are sold these days? This is a bit of a sore point, Joe. I did not do well in our quiz last week. It sort of feels like you know that and, and you're torturing me. So most cars... I, I didn't even know there was a quiz last week. So I'm only torturing you if you get it wrong. Well, in that case, just to help you out, what you need to do is go to your podcast app of choice and search Missed Apex Podcast. Subscribe and you will get it delivered to you every week. The question was, where were the most cars sold? China. Yes. And how many cars were sold in China last year? Well, there was 9 billion bicycles, but that's just in Beijing. I mean, that's a fact. Um, that's not a fact. That's not a toss. But it's true. There are a lot of bicycles in Beijing. It was in a song, Joe. Uh, okay, let's go I, for... I get that, yes. So it's either going to be a surprisingly... I think it might be 9 million, but that's another story. It's either going to be a surprisingly high number or a really remarkably low one. I'm going to go high. Uh, 4 billion. You are bonkers. Officially bonkers. <laughs> In a year, 100 million cars are sold. Ah, I went too high. In the world. In the world. Really? 24 million were sold in China. 17 million went to the second biggest market, which was the United States of America. So if you're a car company, what's your market? China. It's not even rocket science to work that one out. How do you get to China? Uh, WEC doesn't do it. Formula E definitely doesn't do it because nobody watches it anywhere. Uh, IndyCar doesn't do it. So where do you get to China? The answer is Formula One gets to China. So that's what it's all about. It's about shifting cars. Now, it's also about sport. It's also about this. It's also about that. But fundamentally, it's about selling things around the world. And companies want to be in the market where the biggest money is, which is China. They also want to be in India, but the Indians make it impossible for us to be there. So America is a very nice thing because they have loads of money and they have um, loads of people. So if Nigeria had more money, we'd be in Nigeria, Indonesia, big countries, all of them. So uh, Artemy X in the chat room points out that Formula E races in Hong Kong, which is pretty close. Uh, James Fennell says because the yes, tracks but, are but, awful. But, but how many people watched it? It's all very well saying they raced in Hong Kong, but if 12 people watched it, who cares? And it, but if you do watch it, be sure to catch the race reviews that Missed Apex cover on E-Radio Show, hosted by Matt Trumpet. Subscribe to E-Radio Show. Joe, don't look at me like that. Always be promoting. Come on. So look. I'm promoting merrily, but I'm sorry, but Formula E doesn't do it for me. They go at Formula 4 speed. They go at racetracks that are just, okay, they're downtown. They're terrific. There's no noise. There's no excitement. It's just not good. Now, I hope, I hope in this wonderful world we live in, that electric cars will one day, one day become important. But I'm actually not convinced yet because the amount of energy efficiency required to compete in the real world terms, in terms of commercial competition, it's it, it, they've got so far to go that I can't see how they're going to do it. Well, I'm going to disagree with you, Joe. I think and I think this because this is what Scarb said on E-Radio Show with us, uh, what he, what, the point he was making is it, is it is accelerating at the pace that is sustainable and manageable for a sport. So it's not going in all guns blazing. It's developing at a yes, but what, what, what Scarbs is forgetting is that the technology is not going with it enough. Battery technology is not doing it. No, I agree battery, with you. Yeah. Battery and, 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 yeah. and it will be many, many, many years before it does it. And, not just that, in Formula E, you might have the batteries that'll do it. But in road cars, 
in manufacturing road cars that are competitive with petroleum, particularly hybrid cars, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Not, not in my lifetime anyway. And I'm not that old. We, uh, we cannot possibly condone what you're saying, Joe, because we're, you know, pushing a Formula E podcast. Um, but there are people that disagree within the chat room, but you've got Sam Watley in there that says exactly one person watches Formula E. Okay. Maybe two because Artemy X has just, uh, gone in there. Uh, but yeah. So the point you're making though was about selling cars and it's about market penetration. It's not just about selling cars. It's about sending a message around the world. Formula One delivers a message around the world and nothing else does. It's very simple. It's very simple. It's not bias. It's just a statistical reality. Now, yes, the World Cup does it and the Olympic Games from Pyongyang, Chong, whatever it's called, does it. But once every four years, that is. Sorry, and Joe, I was, I was taking a sip out of my missed Apex mug. I haven't got one of those. You <laughs> let me fix that. We'll fix that for you, Joe. Um, testing. Maybe, yeah. maybe I can drop off my mug at your place on the way to testing, or will you be there to give it to you in person? No, I won't be there. Why? As I, as I said earlier, it makes no financial sense unless there is some lunatic spending money for you to be there, and there aren't. You know, the only people who go to testing are, are motorsport.com because I think that's the only that's the only media company left in the world now in motorsport. And then a bunch of people who are hoping that it, they'll get somewhere as a result of it. But the answer is you won't. So um, the best you can hope for is to work for the evil empire. Oh, we, we all hail our new motorsport overlords, of course. Cha-ching! But uh, surely from a sporting point of view, there's some benefit just to see, you know, what cars look good. Will look good in what respect? How, you, how can you possibly tell? These I people... can't. No, Exactly. These people put cars in wind tunnels and they look at things in very tiny detail because they can't tell the difference between one car or another. So how the hell are we, unless we're pretending, unless we're employed by motorsport.com to be super experts who can recognize a contact patch and other such rubbish, which none of them can recognize, they're just pretending. Uh, how, can we possibly, how can we possibly say that car is better than that car? It's just a bunch of tosh. So I don't go to testing. I haven't been to testing since 1991. All right, then. But you're Joe Sayward. I'm simple, spanners ready of a blue shed somewhere in central Bedfordshire. Would you recommend it for your average fan? It looks fan? green to me. Well, that's, that's the green. St- oh, you're ruining it, Joe. No, it's not green. Oh. Ignore him. It's a black and white flag. Goodness sake. Oh, is it? Is it? Oh, I can't see that bit. That means you don't watch the video. Now, in order to watch the video, you go to YouTube and you search Missed Apex Podcast and you click subscribe and the little bell and you get a notification every time we go live. That's how you join the live chat room, by the way. No, this is a lovely Missed Apex black and white flag that I'm stroking behind me. It's lovely. Honest. It's very, very lovely. Anyway, what were you saying? For me, for muggins to go and see it, I mean, surely that's not... When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Opportunity to get close to watching cars go round because, frankly, when you're watching, you know, a race, you don't get the whole spectacle from the stand, particularly anyway. What you're there for is to see the cars up close. So. Isn't this a part, uh, an opportunity to go to a reasonably quiet Barcelona and, and see cars performing? Not really, because I go to 21 races in a year, all of which are three or four days long, uh, which takes to 90 days. Uh, I see the cars are plenty. Yeah, yeah, I understand yeah, what you're saying. For us idiots. Yeah. Yes, no, 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 but you're, you're going to see them for three days a year. Maybe, maybe it's worth it, whatever. I'm doing it for 90 days a year, and I'm paying for it. So to be honest, there's no value at all in going testing. Well, um, it's a good opportunity no, for a live inside F1. I mean, that would be worth it, the money in itself, wouldn't it? I'm happy to much. stay in four star. I don't need five star. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> it, it costs a great deal of money to cover Formula One. As people who don't do it perhaps don't understand, everybody in the world thinks that because you're a Formula One reporter, somebody out there pays you to do it. You don't. We pay ourselves. We pay our bills. And therefore, we have to be very, very careful what we spend our money on because it's getting harder and harder because there's loads of people out there who do it all for free. who don't know what they're talking about, but they do it all for free. And a lot of punters out there don't know the difference because if a website is called uh, pitaccess.com, you assume that they have pit access even when they don't. I, the number of times I've challenged people saying, you're not in Formula One. Why are you saying this? Oh, yeah, but people don't know that is the response. The fact of the matter is the only way you can know if somebody is there is either you see them on television or you, you read copy that is clearly a, shows that they're there. There's a bunch of people who take every opportunity to have themselves photographed. If they go to one race, they'll be photographed with a million people to try to make you know to prove to everyone that they're there all the time. They're not. They're not. It's a bunch of lies, and and we're living in a world of, I believe Donald Trump would call it fake news, but we're actually living in a world of fake journalists too. That that, that was my exact plan. Have you been reading my journal again? Oh, we lost him. We lost you briefly there, Joe. Sorry, the internet has just just sketched out a little. I'll just write it there. I'll get a it little, out. A little glitch upon. Yeah. yeah. What to be expected? You've got horrendous weather over there in France, and in fact, that while we're on you being in France. There was a question from, here we go, uh, Sam Watley, who asked via our Slack group, why Paris, Joe? What's wrong with England? Too long and complicated a story, but it's to do with real estate and women. Oh, but your fans are interested. So basically, you got told to move to France. No, that's not how it worked at all. But I, I basically, in the 1980s, the property market in England was already so bad that nobody could afford to buy anything. and so I. I bought a palace in France instead. So, and then I ended up living there and I've never come back, mainly because I can't afford to come back as well because 
uh, England has gone on accelerating, so now not even the English can afford it. And um, the best you can do is somewhere near Middlesbrough in terms of, you know, sort of affordable housing, maybe Speak Airport in, in Liverpool. But, um, you know, there's not an awful lot of, of cheap housing around. And... Um, <laughs> Uh, Why are you fine. looking like that? Uh, no, 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 it's fine, I actually, I actually do know this to be the case because the only time I've ever heard of a cheap house, it was it was in the flight path going into Speak Airport. And it was a fantastic deal. It was 25 grand, I think. You know, it was a giveaway. Quite literally, it should have been demolished, really, I suppose. But you know, the fact is that England has completely priced itself out of the market. And I, you know, I live in relative luxury. Um, and I, you know, I, I like the lifestyle over here and I got used to it. I've been over here so long. Well, I hope you've got a French passport, Joe. Let's not get into that. No, no, that would be crazy, wouldn't it? Uh, right. So uh, would, that would, if, if you think if you think that grid girls is a controversial subject, just get on to Brexit sometime. Ah, do you know? I've I, I'm I've, pretty, I've I'm done pretty, this. I've done this on the blog, and I know. I'm pretty. Me. I'm pretty grid neutral. Girls, grid girls are easy. Oh God, oh, that's not the title of the show guys the the media guys that is not the title of the show okay so uh yeah i know i mean i have mentioned brexit <clears throat> once or twice uh anyway here's a more relevant question from ray parker uh, on twitter this was here's a question is real track testing cheaper more cost effective than the wind tunnels and stuff with the scaled models um obviously you don't go to that testing but in the olden days several times a season they would just take their cars out and smash them smash them around and and see what bits made it go faster there's less of that now. What's the politics behind that? Well, the logic behind it was that that uh, simulation. Um, <clears throat> well, the logic was that they were testing so much that they were spending fortunes, and so they said, "Let's cut it back." So everybody invested in simulation technology, which reaches absurd levels. I mean, it's it's absolutely brilliant. It is absolutely astonishing what they can do. They can design pieces on on CAD. They can put them on the car and they can tell you whether or not the car's better. Now, I don't know how that works. They can tell you how much lap time it's going to gain on simulation devices. So ultimately, why on earth are you going testing anyways? It's, it takes time and money. But <clears throat> and this is the theory behind the, uh, you know, wind tunneling uh, should be a thing of the past because, uh, computational fluid dynamics should have replaced it by now i definitely know what that is oh you mean doing it on the computer yes doing it on the computer now doing it on the computer should have replaced the real thing by now it hasn't but uh, it's nearly there um there was an attempt some years ago to design a car without using a wind tunnel which was a total fiasco but um there really? are so, sorry say that again there are who, who attempted to do that a man called Nick Worth did that with the first manor. Ah, and was that just because he didn't have a wind tunnel? No, he had a wind tunnel, but he, he was trying to prove a point. And, and years to come, people will say he was ahead of his time. It's actually a work of genius. <clears throat> if you do something and fail, it's a bit like Leonardo da Vinci's helicopter, isn't it? You know, he built a helicopter in 1485 or whatever it was. Probably, I can't remember the exact years, but don't don't quote me on it. But um, didn't have the power to make it fly. So... People look back now and say, that Leonardo, he knew what he was on about, didn't he? Yeah. Okay. So you wouldn't go back. <laughs> you wouldn't go back to just go in, no, right, no, go out no, whenever the you fact want. That, well, the point is, 
what are you trying to achieve? And the answer is, all these teams are just spending money because they have money to spend. Now, I had a, a very interesting conversation recently with a Formula One engineer who shall remain nameless. And Aww. we were just talking about, we were talking about money and how they can spend it. And the truth of the matter is that Mercedes-Benz is better than everybody else because they spend more money. And what do they spend the money on? Engineers? Yes. And what do the engineers do? Engineering. No. The engineers work out what doesn't work. Yeah, right. Yeah, actually, yes. So they, they can afford a hundred, to go down. A hundred of them. Yeah. A hundred of them spend months and months and months finding out things that don't work. And just occasionally, once in a blue moon, they find something that does work, and that gives them a little bit extra. But the reason that money is being spent is on failure. Therefore, the logic behind spending money is completely flawed, except it produces a faster car. Now, if you restrict the money, what happens? It's obvious, really. You have to restrict the money. Now, how do you restrict the money? Again, there are clever accountants out there who can control it all. And this is what is going to happen eventually, no matter what Ferrari says, because they've got more money, no matter what Mercedes says, because they've got more money, it's going to happen in the end because it becomes something that is a valuable promotional tool for a car company. Look at us. We are more cost effective. You want cost effective cars. You want clever technology at a cheap price. We're the guys who can do it. It's a bit like doing the crash tests. All the car manufacturers were against crash testing originally. When the crash tests became obligatory, they then had to do it well. And now a crash test is something you sell a car by. Look at us. We've destroyed this car, but everyone inside survived, even the dummy. You know, whereas they're testing cars in Latin America now, they fall apart. Everyone falls out and dies, and they say, This is terrible. We need to change it. And the car companies come under pressure. And gee whiz, guess what? But one thing that doesn't help them is uh, massive rule changes. And so that's sort of two parts to that. And Renault have complained, uh, not complained, but they're warning about 2021. But this year, just looking forward, it's quite a static rules year. And I just wondered how you felt about the format, because obviously when Liberty first came in, they did things like shootout qualifiers, and they were talking about shorter races and more races over a weekend. And they'd make made a lot of noise of that sort. But like every reasonable prime minister, they sort of tended to settle down and not ruin the country with bizarre and obviously damaging policies. I mean, rule changes. Um, have Liberty now realised that actually no plan survives contact with the enemy and they need to just do the status quo a little bit more? No, not at all. The, the fact is that they, they came in and they inherited a bunch of contractual situations that they can't get rid of until 2021 so they have to live with those restrictions they have to live with races they don't want they have to live with rules they don't want unless you get everyone else to agree to it the rules have to stay the same because it's written in a commercial contract so it's really very simple they're working their way towards what they want in the future what they think is the right answer but we won't know what it is exactly until 2021. And then we have to see whether they're right or not. So 2021, though, that, I suppose, is the next time that the teams will be worried about a real major change. Because Renault was in the press warning that basically they didn't want to lose the investment that they've put in from, from their engine if something changes far too much. But I, I found that a little odd because surely Renault have been, from a sporting point of view, they don't want the big change just as they're they're closing 
uh, closing no, the gap. Ren- you have to bear in mind that Renault has a contract that's different to everyone else's because they came in later as a, as a, as a factory team. They have a backloaded contract which goes beyond 2021 and they get most of their money after 2021. So they don't want, they've borrowed money up front on, based on the fact that they will get money in 2023, 24. That's how they've done it. That's how they set up a Formula One team without upsetting their shareholders. And so they are obviously wanting to keep it as, as the same as normal. So they don't have to go and take on the big spenders in another spending match, which Unless you have a budget cap, that's what new rules will be. It'll be another big spending match. So Mercedes are very clever people. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying that if you have money, you can do all the things. And Ferrari have money. And the thing that's not fair is that they all have money at the expense of the smaller teams. Now then, that's interesting because smaller teams like Sauber and Force India, they were saying that effectively – the smaller teams are being driven out. Uh, I think the wording was used that it was a cartel and it was anti-competitive to the point that they, they took their case to the EU. But that case has now been dropped. And I don't know the details of why, but you have to think it's either... It hasn't been dropped. You can't... If you make a complaint to the EU, you can't stop it. It's like a, mount, it's like a, it's like a pebble going down a mountainside. They don't stop in midair just because you say, come back, pebble. It doesn't work like that. that the fact is... Work? The fact is that the EU is smart enough to realize they don't want to get involved in Formula One because it's really not that important to their core business, which is, you know, running a sensible Europe um, and getting caught up in a bunch of lunatics racing cars isn't actually much use to them. So it's the EU that have, have said, because I got the impression that it was... No, the, the, EU just, the EU just shoved it onto the back burner to such an extent that it just sort of went away. But Sauber and Force India and whoever is behind them thought it would be a good idea to get some publicity. You put out a press statement that says we're doing this. 98% of the so-called journalists just accept it as being fact. They don't say, well, that's actually not true. So you can say anything you like, and, and, and three quarters of the media, in inverted commas, will report it as fact. Okay, so- that's, a re- that's a really scary thought. But that's the world we live in. I'm, I'm, I don't like the Donald Trump fake news thing. But in many respects, it's right because people are just, they are, they're just being given something and they print it. Nobody questions it anymore. And it just flies around the internet as well. Uh, people lack critical thinking. Uh, my big hope is that the push for critical thinking in schools is going to pay off in about 15 or 20 years. We're going to have this lovely bunch of logical kids coming through who see a story and go, Right. What are the sources for that? And are they reliable? And what other information is there? Uh, but I think that they are not going to be the majority of people for about 60 years. So this is pretty much the way of things from, for us, uh, from now until whenever. Uh, well, that's not, that, that's not strictly true because my son was, was at university a couple of five years ago. Uh, and he was given a, um, a task and he was struggling with it. So he said, what do I do? And I said, well, what's the question? And the question is, um, Wikipedia, is it, is it a source that can be relied upon? Ah. And, the, and the answer is absolutely not. No, it's a source for sources. It's, a, it's just exactly. a reference point. Yeah. And, and it also accepts, accepts the sources it wants to accept, not necessarily the ones that are right. Sorry, so that's the chat room giving me some Spock logic hand signals. Where do they get these emojis from? 
I, I didn't even know that existed as an emoji. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't even know. I don't even know what this is. But there you are. Is it Wikipedia? Is it? So? It's Star Trek, Joe. Really? Oh, you don't watch Star Trek? No, it was a little bit sort of. Yeah, who cares? Friendship you know. over. Oh my god! I thought I could handle you talking about Grid Girls, but slating Star Trek. Um, that's the future. Literally the future. Slating Star Trek. So the future is people with pointy ears, is it? Mm-hmm. And velour. Okay, I'll take the word for it. Sounds like a lot of old tosh to me, but there you are. Ah, it's been been nice to have you back in the shed, Joe. I thought I thought we'd be struggling for things to talk about, but we've covered politics, logic, you being incorrect about Star Trek, grid girls. It's been uh, it's been well worth having you on. Uh, we did have some. And I've still got the spanner, so watch out. Okay, so that noise you can hear in the background, that not audio friendly noise, is a Renault spanner. And they've got a 20 mil on one side and a 17 mil on the other. So it just says, you know, Renault 2017. It's pretty cool. So the people on the video can see it. There we go. Renault 2017. See, that's the benefit of watching the video. So make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, a couple of things I wanted to ask your opinion on. Now, where should we go, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, right. So talking of things that Liberty have got stuck with, um, three engines next season. Like, of, of, of all the things of uh, Grid Girls... Halo, uh, increased aero. This is the one that is really bugging me. Three engines just sucks. How is that going to be good? Why? They're going to have to preserve engines for the whole season. So as soon as they're in any kind of uh, not competitive state, they're going to just turn the engines down. You're going to have grid penalties all season. Stop, 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 stop. To finish first, first you must finish. If you have 50 engines, you're still blowing them up if they're not well built. If you have to get to the end of 21 races with three engines only, the people who win are the ones who do it. Mercedes-Benz, for example, had a 100% record. Renault, Honda, all the other people did not because they didn't do it right. Therefore, it is part of the racing and therefore it is irrelevant. The fact that people are doing it wrong and getting penalties it's their fault. It's not the fault of the system. Okay, so I'll try and engage my engineering brain here for a second. But all I'm thinking about is components have a certain amount of life. And in the life of that component, there will be uh, peaks and troughs of the performance. Usually it ramps up and then it will uh, wear down linearly. And what they're having to do then is not only have tactics during the race, but they're having to extend those tactics over the course of six races. So you don't but, want to take... But, but it's always been like that. Cosworth in the 1960s had to do the same thing. Repco had to do the same thing. Alfa Romeo in the 50s had to do the same thing. It's just engineering being brought into a sensible, because the fewer engines you have, the less it costs, just but, from purely manufacturing terms. Well, but Damon Hill, he, and al- he, he had and a... Also, and also, the materials that goes into these engines, that go into these engines nowadays, are very exotic, a lot of them. And it's very expensive stuff. Damon Hill used to have a new engine for breakfast. He'd eat, he'd eat dinner off another engine. He'd light his cigar by flaming one engine up and, and putting it. So there was a period where they would just be able to change engines. Yeah. And what was the purpose of it? Well, I guess from a sporting point of view, it was just getting the maximum out of it over a very short period of time. No, no, it was, it was getting the maximum out of the rules at that time. The rules at that time were not very clever. Okay, Artemy here says that the argument against three engines has usually been the price of development. So is developing a, a that reliable no, no, an no, engine? No, 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 that's not. Because 
they're allowed to develop as much as they like. There's no restriction on the spending on development. The restriction on the number of engines they can have. So they can develop 100 million worth of development goes into one of their, their third engine of the year. That's it. So it's just an engineering challenge. They're saying this is what you've got to do. And they're trying to cut it down so that it's fair for everybody. It's not going to be fair for everybody because somebody's got more money than others. But when all is said and done, I don't think it's a bad thing. And it's, it's just a way of cutting money. Okay, but I've got a prediction for you. Tell me if this yeah. is insane. Every single driver on the grid will take an engine penalty for their fourth engine at some point over the course of next season. And the teams near the midfield and the back, they're going to have multiple. You're going to have some teams that are going to use six, seven power units. And you're going to have points mid-season where qualifying is almost irrelevant from sixth place backwards. So from a sporting point of view, they're not going to meet those targets. Or I can't see them meeting those targets. Well, they're not very good then, are they? <laughs> well, that's true. So that's what we've decided is it's a reliability competition over a, a real no, pace competition. No, it's reliability and performance competition, but everything has to be looked at in, in, in a total sense. Nobody wants to see grid penalties, but what options are there? The only option other than grid penalties is having it completely free and then it goes insane financially again. And that makes it worse because Mercedes and Ferrari accelerate away, leaving everyone else behind. All right. So, you know, that's the problem we have. The problem we have is that people are willing to spend absurd amounts of money, third world country budgets to win motor races because they're important. So we have to stop them doing that. Now, the only way you can stop them doing it, in my opinion, has always been to stop them using money. You have to restrict the money or the number of people. Now, there's lots of problems with restricting numbers of people as well, but restricting money is a way to go all right let's see if we can find a topic that we're actually going to agree about today joe because i didn't i didn't set out this way just because we were talking about grid girls i didn't think right that's it i'm just going to drive the knife in on every single subject until we fall out let's go to well to... i can't help it i <laughs> know <laughs> uh, it's, just... a, it's a fair honest debate in which you've been incorrect incorrect several times it's it's sad to see your heroes fall like that but um <laughs> let's see if we can find a subject we agree on Williams are, from a sporting point of view, Williams are pretty stuffed this year, aren't they? With those two lads, nice as they might be, earnest as they might be, better drivers than me, of course, but probably not proven at this top level. It's it's an, an almost unique... Now, that, that's not right. It's a unique situation for a team that high, isn't it not, to take drivers of this lack of pace with money and still have ambitions to be kind of fourth, fifth in the championship. A uh, lack of pace. Well, come on. Are you going to argue that Stroll... I thought we were going to agree on this. Stroll is a little off the pace at, at present, is he not? Mm, on occasion, yeah. <laughs> no, no, but he's, yeah. not, he's, he's, he's 12 years old. He's not rounded yet. So <laughs> give the true. guy a yeah. chance. Oh, absolutely. Give the guy a chance. Yes, the and... Rockin is quite quick. We've seen him do very well in other championships. Is he, is he world class? We don't know. But give the guy a chance. Williams have done it for a reason. It's very simple, and that is that they want to spend their money. Williams's racing philosophy has always been the same, which is you build a fast car and everything else will come to you, the money, the drivers, everything. Now, they have failed to build fast cars for a number of years. As a result of that, they need more money. If they have to get that money from the drivers, that's how they have to get it. So the key question this year about Williams is can Paddy Lowe and his people – Build a fast car. 
if they build a fast car, the fast drivers will come to them. The sponsors will come to them. So you think that there's a chance that there will be a fast driver, hopefully, preferably with backing? I didn't say that. I said that's the, the, the plan. That's the plan. So they, they, the theory is that they will see that Williams, yes, they might be underperforming, but it's the drivers, not the car. And I could do much better in that car. Therefore, I, Sergio Perez, hopefully, will bring my Mexican money into Williams for 2019. You don't like Perez, do you? Oh. I, I don't dislike him. I just think he's a very good racing driver. Yeah, he is. But, but Esteban Ocon arrived and Unfortunately, Esteban Ocon was a faster racing guy. We'll see this year. <coughs> I'm still on Team Perez well, out of that battle, but it's going to be a good one. Mm. Yeah, there's lots of things that are exciting about Formula One in the season ahead, that's for sure. But I think that passing judgment on things and saying this is going to happen, this is wrong, we don't know what Williams is going to be like. So I'm not passing judgment on Williams until we've seen it. I'm not passing judgment on Sorokin because I've seen him race really well in GP2. Lance Stroll. You can't take away from the fact that Lance Stroll was on the podium in Azerbaijan, and it was pretty much, apart from one or two glitches, it was pretty much earned. Oh, yeah. So, well, because he, so, he, he, he's got that tactic, hasn't he? Because he did it in Canada in the race, two races previous. He, he is steady, and he keeps himself out of trouble, and that is certainly a tactic that's going to pay off, but it's not one that's going to you know trouble the scorers often race after race. That's, that's the fear, isn't it? Well, we don't know. We'll see. Because drivers develop. How will Esteban Ocon go? Will Bottas be as quick as Hamilton? No, 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 he won't, Joe. Will, will, will Kimi Raikkonen actually wake up? You know, there's lots of questions. And, and that's what the joy of Formula One is, because every year you have different questions. And we have, and after four races, we can start to argue about these things um, in a much more sensible way. But right now, there's an awful lot of, as I was saying, hot air about things that you can't prove. It's a matter of opinion. And that's it, really. I mean, I don't see much point. I can join in the whole thing and, and, and say, oh, this is going to be this, this is going to be that. But I don't believe a lot of it. So why would I do it? Just for the sake of wild speculation, I was hoping. Yeah, but wild speculation. You, you get more fans if you get it right. Okay, tell you what then. Obviously, we can't speculate on how well McLaren are going to do, but we can set the parameters for success. They have their new engine. They will have a bedding in period, for example. But let's say we get to Spain, Monaco, Canada, all very different tracks where we'll get a proper good look at how that, that is performing. Where would you want to see that team to say, that's it, McLaren, Renault have been a success. They've hit the ground running well. Uh, and we're now optimistic for the rest of the season and the next season. When they beat Renault Factory and when they beat Red Bull Renault, good. Sorry, Red Bull tag higher. Yes, and I think I they'll. Do, I think they'll do both. Re- what this season? Yeah, not every time, but I think they'll do. Oh, it once right, yeah. So, so yeah, and I and I think you're absolutely right. The benchmark. I think they'll, I think they'll yeah. beat the Renault Factory team quite a lot, mm-hmm. but yes. I do think beating Red Bull is going to be very hard. But. I do think the McLaren is an enormous depth of talent and an enormous, it's a huge company. Uh, and it's got a lot of very good people. So I think that you, we should expect that. Um, and we shouldn't be surprised by it. No. What, and- we, what, we, what we should, what we would be surprised about if we see people like uh, Toro Rosso, Honda, or Sauber Ferrari suddenly leaping up into the midfield. I can see Williams... If they don't get it right in trouble, I can see Force India if they don't get it right in trouble. Um, 
I can see Haas sort of stuck in the midfield somewhere. But if you look at it in terms of who's spending what and where they should be, I think we should see McLaren uh, right up into, I think they should be fourth in the world championship at least. Yeah, an absolute minimum. I think I think you've got it absolutely spot on there, Joe. So next, uh, really for you, if you're not doing testing and you're not doing the super exciting car launches, is going to head straight to Australia. I'm presuming you get there maybe a day earlier than you might for other Grand Prix. Uh, you you get into the paddock. Who's who's the people you look for? Who's your lunch buddy that you go? Yes, we, we might be back at work, but at least I've got so and so to chew the cud with. Well, there's there's a whole bunch of people who I will go looking for when I get to Australia and find out all the skinny. But in the meantime, they invented this thing called technology, and technology gathers information in other ways. So this is a very good information-gathering source. You don't necessarily have to talk to them all, but you get more when you talk to them, obviously. So, um, But, you know, I think that you've just got to balance, you've got to balance uh, spending um, with logic, really. And while I'd love to be in a passionate point of view, you want to go and do everything you can, but you can't. So, Joe, absolutely fantastic to have you here in 2018. You're always generous with your time. Thank you so much for having us. I hope you will return for Inside F1 number 14 with Missed Apex Podcast. Until next time, remember that wounds heal, chicks dig scars, and glory lasts forever. This was Inside F1 with Joe Sayward. You've seen him on the telly. None of that was how I expected it to go at all. I... And? I mean, you're really wrong about Star Trek. It's very engaging. <laughs> if you don't mind the constant retconning, inconsistent technology, energy sources that are impossible, uh, time travel, <laughs> constant, and, and constant time travel. Pointy ears. Yeah, and Klingons that just change completely. Now they look like ice dancers. No, all I'm, all, you're talking yourself out of this in a big way here. No, anyway, no, whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.